Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS. And I'd like to introduce the host of this week's episode. He's the editor of Business West. Here's Joe Bednar. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Business Talk. We have a really interesting guest for you today. But first, we have this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF Equal Housing Lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we're back. And as promised, we have a great show for you today. Our guest is Dave Wisseman from Warner Farm in Sunderland, home of the famous Mike's Maze. Uh, happy to have you here on Business Talk, Dave. Thanks for having me. So, um, yeah, yeah, Dave, before we get into the recent history of the corn maze that has brought plenty of attention to the Warner Farm over the past couple decades, um, tell me about the farm itself. Uh, you, you represent the 10th generation of leadership there, I believe. Um, so tell me about the farm's history in Sunderland and what has grown grown there over the years and what grows there now. Yeah, so the farm was originally, Warners came over on the boats right after the Mayflower and settled in Hadley down in the 1600s. Um, and were one of the first uh, founding families to move their way up towards, um, uh, up the river to Sunderland. Um, and, you know, the early stages of the farm were very much just kind of, you know, subsistence farming um, and, you know, growing just enough that you would, you know, maybe sell a little bit to your neighbors here and there, but kind of just to live off the land. Um, back my great grandfather, um, grew a lot of, um, onions and potatoes. That was kind of his mainstay of how, what he grew back in the, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, my grand, when my grandfather took over, he started growing, um, potatoes, but then, in the sixties was introduced to the idea of, um, pick your own strawberries by a UMass extension agent and was one of the first farms in the Valley to start doing pick your own strawberries, um, which was very successful for him, uh, and the, uh, and the farm in general for, um, back in the sixties and seventies, kind of the height of pick your own when everyone was doing a ton of home canning and everything. Mm, Uh, Yeah. And then, um, my, Dad took over um, in the late 80s, I guess mid 80s. Um, he started growing sweet corn, diversifying um, the number, the type of crops we grew um, then. And then uh, started the corn maze back in the year 2000, um, which has grown since then. Um, today, our, ma- our mainstays are we grow a lot of strawberries, um, peaches. Um, and blueberries, so kind of small fruits. And then we also grow a lot of sweet corn, um, cherry tomatoes, tomatoes, uh, oh, a whole spectrum of other things, green beans, peas. Um, and we kind of sell wholesale produce um, all around the valley. And some of it even makes its way out to Boston and down in New York City, too, through a couple of distributors. So. Yeah, when um, when you're talking about the, the pick-your-own experience, I know that's become popular at a lot of farms uh, um, since then. Um, when you talked to my colleague George for an article uh, in Business West about this recently, uh, it was a you meant, it was a term that I had not heard before, but it makes sense: agritourism. And it sounds like mm-hmm. you guys are kind of an innovator of that—the idea of giving people a farm experience. Yeah, it's definitely something that you know, inviting people onto the farm. I think was 
it was certainly a new concept back in uh, when my grandfather started doing it to bring people out to have them pick your own. Um, and I think back then a lot of people were kind of viewing it as, you know, they would come out and they'd pick a lot of strawberries for, you know, freezing, canning, the process. Yeah. Um, nowadays, um, people, when they're coming out for those experiences, are much more focused on um, basically the farm um, experience. And, you know, that's more of what they're focused on. Um, so that's the agritainment has definitely um, become a large part of our business and a large part of a lot of um, the small farms in, around, in and around New England for people who are trying to reconnect with farm roots that they've lost, um, whether it's coming out to pick your own strawberries or coming out to corn mazes. You know, speaking of Mike's maze, let's transition into that. Um, Mike's your father. And uh, almost a quarter century ago, I guess, he decided to establish a corn maze. How did that come about, and, and what was the first maze? Um, it came around uh, like any good idea, which was um, over a couple of beers at a Christmas party. Um, <laughs> so a, uh, he and then his original business partner, Will Sillen, who was an artist, um, were at a Christmas party with another mutual friend who had gone to um, a corn maze out in Central Mass. Um, and basically came back and said, you know, you guys should do something with this. Um, and the very first year they did, um, the Minuteman quarter, that was the design. Um, and then the following year they decided to kind of, um, change their process around a little bit, change around how they could actually transfer the design into the field. Um, and this was kind of Will's, um, artistic brain thinking about this. Um, and the second year they did it, the style uh, was the, or the image was the Mona Lisa, um, which got a lot of attention, both nationally and internationally. It got, you know, kind of national news coverage um, for a picture of Mona Lisa in the maze um, and kind of helped establish the, you know, the brand of Mike's Maze, which is really about combining kind of agriculture and art um, to create kind of a, you know, a unique experience um, out in the out in the field. So it's not just, you know, we're not just, you know, your average corn maze, which is putting out some uh, a more generic design um, and kind of having, you know, some more like, you know, generic farm games out there. We try and really lean into the artistic side of it as well, um, make the activities very, um, you know, interactive and thoughtful and um, blending some kind of creative elements into them as well. Sure. Um, this year's maze is is is, uh, is really interesting. Um, uh, so the way I, I I heard it described and then saw a picture uh, from above that you have etched around the outside of the maze is the question: um, In the age of artificial intelligence, what makes us human? And in the middle is the word thinking. And um, that's that's an outside the box idea for a corn maze, but yet it's it's such a timely concept. So how did that design come about? Yeah, I mean, so the current currently, um, me and uh, my wife Jess are kind of the co-creators of the um, the create, you know, the the creative elements of the maze. Um, and we kind of been each year. It's a different. It's a different process for how we come up with the ideas. This year, we were um, honestly trying to think about like, man, what's a what's some sort of um, you know topic that would be not just topical, but we're also kind of like, what would help us? We have just like a lot on our plate this year with all the crazy weather we've had going on. What would make this easier? And we're like, well, AI would make this easier. <laughs> and um, we're kind of like, well, that's interesting. And 
um, we kind of started teasing the idea out from there and, you know, had fun, you know, using um, some of these open source AI systems, um, you know, ChatGPT and Dolly and trying to play around with them and see how they, um, you know, how they could help help with, help us create this maze, but then also just how they work. You know, each year it's a different theme and we really do dive into the theme to try and understand um you know, the ins and outs of them. And I think that, uh, you know, the biggest thing with this design that we have is that, um, you know, like you said, the question is in the age of artificial intelligence, what makes us human? Um, and some people um, have read the the inner part, the thinking part is the answer. And it's actually, we're not saying that thinking is what's making us human. It's more that, you know, it's a question for us to ponder and think about, um, and, you know, those are some some elements of the game that is out in the maze this year, asking people to kind of ponder those questions. And, um, you know, can machines think in the way that we think about that? What are some people what, what are people's greatest hopes and fears for um, AI as we enter into this new this new era? So, yeah. And there's some there's like uh, there's stations or areas inside the maze where you um, pose um, certain questions or ideas. There are. Yeah. So we're not we don't view we are a you know, we're a corn maze in quotes, I would say. Um, we view the field, like I've said, as kind of a blank canvas um, and we make our design out in the field and then put various activities and games out in the field for people to play. Um, so it's not just, you know, one way in, one way out corn maze. It's more going for a walk out in the cornfield and using a map that we provide with you to try and find the different stations. Um, there's kind of three different activities out in the maze this year. Um, one of them is just a trivia question, you know, kind of uh, about AI, but we make sure to keep the trivia kind of fun um, and funny, but also, you know, topical on this issue. Um, we have a more accessible um, binary code game that's geared towards children. Um, which is specifically about finding certain stations and kind of, um, you know, decoding the numbers that are on there um, using the binary language, which is the language of computers, um, to, you know, find, the, decode the secret message. Um, and then we have our kind of our thinking stations, the stations where there's no right or wrong answer. We're just asking people to kind of think about these big topics around AI and weigh in by either... Um, recording their answers on little voice recorders that we're going to kind of listen to and also probably keep for posterity's sake. Um, and then also to kind of vote using a couple of different, these marble run type things that we have out there um, to, you know, say how they feel about, you know, if can machines think, should computers be allowed to think all those sorts of questions. So you're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. We're talking today with Dave Wisseman from Warner Farm in Sunderland. Um, Dave, how how was a maze created? I mean, you see it from above, but you know when you're you know in it, obviously it's it's a lot more amorphous. So how how are these things designed and built? Yeah, the maze is actually um, traditionally back in the day um, they would. Uh, Will, the artist, would essentially go out there and cut it all out by hand um, wow. and, and slowly lose his mind while he did it. Um, but <laughs> uh, essentially, the field is cross-planted um, with the corn planter, which leaves a five-foot grid across the whole field. Um, and he would then basically count the squares, take that grid, 
put it over his image or his design that he created, then he would be able to go out there and basically cut out the pattern based off that, that grid. Um, however, um, the, in 2012, I believe it was, um, we did Noah Webster, a Noah Webster maze, um, where the whole maze was a word search. Um, and it took him about a month to cut it all out by hand. Um, and by the end, I think he was, he was just about, you know, he was out, he started out by like hoeing out the seedlings that were coming up in the corn. He was out there with like a push mower by the end of it. Um, and the following year we actually, um, met someone whose business is cutting out corn mazes. Um, Rob Stouffer, precision mazes. He's based out of, um, out of Missouri, just outside of Kansas city. Um, and he drives around the country cutting out corn mazes. So we provide him with the design. Um, he has a Bobcat skid steerer that has a very high-tech GPS on it and a, uh, a mower on the front. And he comes out and he will cut it out in about a day, a day and a half, depending wow. on how complicated the design is. Yeah. Quite a difference from the work that Will was putting Quite in at the end there. Quite a difference makes our lives much easier. Um, and he's a super nice guy. He get he very much gets our designs and what we're going for, um, and is always super excited to come out and work with us. So, you guys have over the years had other like family oriented attractions out there for people to visit the maze, right? Yeah, we've done we've done a couple different things in the past. Um, I think we did a strawberry fest for a while. Um, uh, as a part of our pick your own, um, we've done a couple, we did a nighttime maze, um, for a few years, but that was, that was very complicated in doing, it was basically like a haunted attraction. Mm. Uh, it was kind of this whole separate beast to that. Um, we, in the end, it just was too much coordination to try and manage. Um, but yeah, those are kind of the, some of the main, um, extra things we've done. The one other it's, not as family friendly, but um, it's still a very fun event um, is we do also do beer mazes um, at the farm, uh, which are we have a separate cornfield from our main cornfield. Um, and every Friday night in um, from the last Friday in October or last Friday in September through October, um, we host uh, breweries out in the cornfield. Um, so the idea being, instead of trying to find, uh, you know, trivia stations out in our maze, you are getting a map and going out and trying to find um, breweries who are posted up out there and ready to serve you um, some beer samples while you're out in the maze. Sounds like a great idea. It sounds like fun. <laughs> it is. It is usually a very, very fun time. Uh, we just put tickets up for sale now and there, so they always sell out. So they're they're fun events. Before we move on, what, what is the website people should go to to um, to find uh, tickets to any of these attractions? Um, Mike'sMaze.com um, for our general daytime maze. And if you're interested in specifically the beer mazes, it's Mike'sMaze.com slash beer. Awesome. Remember, people will probably repeat that at the end. How has Mike's Maze grown in, in attendance and reputation over the years? And, and I guess the, the broader question is how important is it to the farm's revenues and business plan? It is, it is, it is, as it has continued to grow, we've realized how much, um, more attention, uh, we should be paying to it. Um, I think that, you know, it, like I said, it started out as this fun kind of lark, um, two friends just like, let's try and do this thing and make it fun and interesting for us. Um, as 
the years have gone on and we've seen it grow to the point that we're like, this needs to be treated with a little bit more seriousness and, um, and care. And we've actually, um, at this point, the farm, um, the farm's fall production, we cut way back. We used to grow squash and pumpkins and peppers and all that stuff that we'd be harvesting in September and, uh, sometimes into October. Um, however, at this point, we've basically cut most of that stuff out and so that we can solely focus on running the maze and the beer mazes um it's probably grown to the point that it's probably about a you know a third if not more of the farm's total um total income that happens so um it's a very it's become a very large part of our overall farm business uh, Dave, tell me about your own history on the farm. I know you grew up there, and then then you uh, um, you were away from um, Sunderland for a while. Tell me about your career path that brought you that brought you back to the farm. Yeah, so I actually I growing up, um, I was never in like you know the farm wasn't necessarily stressed as like the type of thing of like you have to keep the family tradition going. Um, it was very much. Um, this was back in, you know, the nineties when it was just a wholesale farm and, um, you know, it was kind of just scraping by really. Um, so my parents were very much like, no, you should go out, you know, and find, find other employment outside of this. Um, I went to college, I got a degree in wildlife biology. Um, I took, but right when I graduated, um, I graduated in 2009 from school. So right in the heart of the financial crisis, um, and, you know, kind of looking around and realizing what my career, what my options were at the time, it was either paying to go to grad school, um, which um, didn't seem like the right move to do, or, um, you know, I was going to just come back to the farm and kind of like work here for a bit as I kind of figured things out. Um, and, you know, I kind of, the truth is that it was just like, I don't, really want to do more schooling i don't want to go back to grad school and i've worked on the farm since during the summers you know on and off since i was probably 13 um and that was a much more fun prospect to come back to um the maze had started at that point so the 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 inklings of this you know this business that we had out here with the corn maze was growing um however we weren't to the point um it wasn't quite you know a full-fledged separate business the way it is right now but there seemed to be some sort of viability to coming back to the farm and um, making a go of it so um, i came back i started working here and there was you know some very lean years as we tried as i came back and we were both trying both me and my dad were trying to survive off the farm but um you know thankfully we've kind of pushed through that and um yeah that's that's my general path and now i've been back on the farm since oh for almost 13 13 years now so Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's great that the you've got the the maze as such a significant part of the revenue now, and that's um, kind of kind of um, bolster against some of the um, challenges. I mean, I know you mentioned the weather before, but how how challenging is it to run a farm these days? Um, this year it's extra challenging. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's definitely um, all the rain has made it extremely challenging. Plus, all the extreme uh, you know freeze events we had over the winter. Um, you know, we grow peaches and we haven't, you know, we lost all our peaches in that freeze we had back in February. So, yeah. um, it's, it's certainly, it's a challenge and, you know, you do everything you can to try and spread out your risk. It's the biggest thing you're trying to do. 
Um, that's why we sell wholesale. We have a CSA. We have the corn maize. Um, and we also um, own the Millstone Farm Market, which is a small store right across the street um, from our main farmyard. Um, and it's all just about diversifying the way, you know, the different ways that we can kind of keep going, even when you have a year like this, where it's like, well, where we don't have peaches to buffer us. And there's been so much rain that a lot of the other um, produce is really, you know, it's that we haven't had great yields on a lot of the, you know, sweet corn and tomatoes and melon crops that we've had. Um, so it's just all about kind of diversifying the ways in which you're, or how you're, you know, your income streams really. So I think that we've been able to do that to a degree that, you know, it's, it's kept us going through even tricky years like this, but it's still not fun. It's no fun to farm in a year like this when you're just staring at it and you, know, you have to send your crew home early again because there's, it's the fields are soaked and you can't do anything out there. And, you know, it is what it is, I guess. So we're just about out of time. So I do want to um, kind of um, push the, the, the maze again. How long is Mike's maze open this year? Um, we are open through the every weekend, um, Friday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, every week um, through the first weekend in November. I don't remember those exact dates, but. And the, and the beer maze? The beer maze, um, our first one is Friday, September 27th, and then every Friday night um, through October. And if you can repeat those two websites again, I'd, I'd love for people to go visit them and visit you. Yeah, so our website is mikesmaze.com. And again, if you're looking just for the beer mazes, it's mikesmaze.com slash beer. All right. And again, uh, um, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Dave, for spending a few minutes with me uh, today to talk about it. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. And thanks to all of you for tuning into Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm Joe Bednar, the editor of Business West, and we'll see you next time.